clip. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. JT, I- Thank you so much for that, Stanley. Just pumping us up with all that energy. JT's home, period. You are so excited. Mm. I, I love the excitement. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, where we talk politics, social justice, pop culture, and JT being home. Uh, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Shout out to Stanley for kicking it off with JT home. No, first day out. That is her new single. Now that mm. she is released, JT, first day out, mommy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. My name is Selena Hill. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Selena Hill. Please follow me there. We have a great show lined up. We're actually going to use JT finally being released from prison to talk about the ongoing debate about prison abolition versus reform. We know that we've been hearing things about this in social justice circles for decades, uh, years on end and and I really want to understand why people are calling for just the end the abolition of prison whatsoever so you know we have a great guest here uh, before we get to her we have Evan mm-hmm. filling in as our trusty correspondent thank you Evan thank you. please introduce yourself my name is Evan Mastronardi I'm co-founder of let's not be trash with my boy Stanley Fritz what up I cannot compete with that Henny fueled <laughs> intro <laughs> No. <laughs> no one can compete. I don't think anybody else can, but you can find me at, at underscore Mastronardi and uh, Evan J. Mastronardi on Facebook. Oh, and yes, Stanley, can we please introduce Brittany? Yes, there is a black queen in this space. Let me tell you something, guys. You thought Hennessy and apple juice was a perfect combination. Have you ever had Duce and more Duce? Because that's who Brittany Williams is. Duce. A member of No New Jails, a black queen, an activist, a Somebody writer, bars a dancer, today. someone who is going to be here and educate all of you beloveds and some of you, oh, I can't say that word on air, never mind. Talk to me on this night, be trash. But Brittany, please introduce <laughs> yourself and tell these wonderful folks how they can talk to you. Hey, y'all. My name is Brittany. I am a member of No New Jails. Um, I have something that could top it. We shut down the entrance of Wreckers Island yesterday, calling for um, B- Mayor Bill de Blasio to basically say, we need to close Wreckers Island right mm. now um, and connecting it to the mass movement that's happening across the country with close to camps. So a cage is a cage, whether mm-hmm. you are um, holding up immigrants and uh, undocumented people mm-hmm. in a cage or black and brown people black people in the cage poor people in the cage it's the same thing you can follow me on instagram at miss brit underscore 305 b-r-i-t-t underscore 305 305 live oh so you're really happy jt's home then oh listen day county all day mm. <laughs> wow okay straight from the 305 yes yeah, so we have a great show lined up and before we get to that in-depth conversation about why it is important for us to close prison a uh, prison from Britney's perspective, um, we're also going to be talking about a lot of other things going on in the news. Uh, we know that Caps people put out a statement. We know that Takashi Six and Nine oh. signed a ten million dollar deal. Um, so there's so much going on. And of course, if you want to let your voice be heard, you can leave us a comment in real time on Facebook.com/slash Let Your Voice Be Heard. You can tweet us at Be Heard Radio. Excuse me, Be Heard underscore Radio. And you can also call us up. The number is two one two. Six five zero six nine zero three. Again, that's two and two. Six five zero six nine zero three. All right, and on that note, we're gonna take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We're jumping straight into some of the most, the craziest things that happened over the week. This is let your voice be heard. That's my type. That's my type. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR. 
are the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill, Evan Mastronardi, also known as Comrade Bay to the ladies who are single. And of course, Brittany <laughs> Close-Rikers Williams. And of course, we can never be complete without our littest intern of all littest interns, Mariah. And she's out here with the fitted snapback, and she just put out an amazing thing piece on LetYourVoiceBeHeard.com. You need to check that out and support this queen. And she took some lit pictures because she has a camera. Thank you for that, Stanley. You know, I was interested in your type. You started singing those sweetie lyrics. My type is Marilyn Bryant because black <laughs> men do not cheat. You That's know, right. Great answer. Perfect answer on that one. Okay, so, um, yeah, so we're going to jump things off into the news roundup. Some of the stories that made us really upset, tweet, laugh, cry, whatever it is. If you felt an emotion, let's talk about it now. Um, I want to start things off uh, talking about Colin Kaepernick. We know that, as I mentioned before we went on break, his team, his uh, they actually put out a statement combating many of the myths and rumors that are circulating around why he still not has had a job in the NFL for years now, ever since he started the dynamic take knee protest. Um, so, Sally, what did you think about the statement? Um, you know, they said that Cap has been training five days a week. He is ready to play. He is fit. They said that he never walked away from a deal. He wasn't presented one. And they also said that the reason why he um, had to leave from playing with uh, San Francisco was because they were going to fire him. They gave him an ultimatum. They said, you can either leave voluntarily or we're going to we're going to cut you. Um, so what did you think about the statement and some of the myths that they combated? Duh. Only people <laughs> that thought like that didn't know this was white folks or people who love the police. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody else knew that this is what it was. So like two thirds of the NFL fan base basically. I'm like like more than that, probably like eighty percent of the NFL fan base, really. <laughs> but yeah, there was no surprise about this. I'm I'm glad that he put it out because it informed somebody who needed to be informed. But I don't think anyone really wants to be informed because yeah, you're right. Kaepernick at this point or you're not. And if you're not, there's nothing that he can do to convince you. So it is what it is. Evan, what did you think about the statement? Well, I think, like Stanley said, I think this is pretty much known to most people who have been studying this and know why he takes a knee. I mean, he he has essentially been blacklisted within the NFL. Uh, it, it's it, Even if it's not a statement, the results say it. This man is capable. He is training. He has not been hired even for um, a backup position. Now, some people say that one of the reasons they believe Jay-Z made that deal is because they think down the line he's going to have a role in trying to get him on a team and he's going to try to have part, part ownership of a team. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that's true. I hope it is. I hope it's part of the deal. But personally, I don't think this is going to change for a while until uh, public opinion does, and I don't have much hope in uh, public opinion. Yeah. Or, or, or the NFL um, ownership. Yeah. Brittany, what are your thoughts on Cap taking knee and the fact that he still doesn't have a job? So I just want to say that Jay-Z is a black capitalist. Um, and I don't think, let's be real, him taking a job or taking that deal has nothing to do with Kaepernick. Um, so let's not let's separate that two, mm-hmm. those two things first, right? Um, he didn't before he didn't take that job. I mean, before Jay-Z took mm-hmm. the job, did he did he say publicly he's going to do X, Y, and Z for Kaepernick? Nope. Not for Kaepernick specifically. Exactly. So that's the that's the issue right there. You can have the and Kaepernick like we know we have history a history of this of being blacklisted of being targeted. Um, right now we have seen what has been happening in Ferguson. The the black organizers and activists who have rose up, rose up they're fighting their bodies dead. Mm-hmm. So let's not act like um, the NFL um, 
will hire him because they want to keep their status quo. Mm. And, I mean, apparently Jay-Z spoke with Colin Kaepernick yeah, before this whole deal and pretty much disregarded most of his statements or at least did not fight to have him involved in his in his involvement. Um, um, that's speculation. Jay, what we do know is, well, from Jay's far, uh, point of view, he did say that, yes, he's had conversations with Kaepernick. I personally think that the conversation did not go well. Something I, I something so. was disrupted. Yeah. Um, I, I would, obviously, with Jay-Z yeah. partnering with the NFL, <laughs> it, it would only make sense if he was advocating on behalf of Cap. Right. We have to see what can, happens. Jay-Z's an employee. He was he, looking for a paycheck. He got one. But can I just say, like, with the clout that Jay-Z has, it's very hard for me to believe he couldn't have done anything public for Kaepernick to make this partnership happen, to say, hey, he's got to have some input in this. Jay-Z has a lot of clout. If the NFL really wanted this image, I think he could have got something done. It is unfortunate. I just wanted to mention what I've heard some people say, including uh, Killer Mike, yeah. um, that this may be down the line in his plans. I don't right now. I don't see evidence of it. I just wanted to put it out there since we were on the top. What to get Colin Kaepernick a backup quarterback job when he's thirty-seven years old and I, too old? I, to I don't know how I, it's going to happen. Like that's what's going to happen. I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. Kaepernick is finally going to get a job somewhere when he's thirty-six, thirty-seven years old, where he's too old and been out of the game too long to be productive anymore. And they're going to say this is a big sign of progress and Kaepernick really changed. And then they're going to honor him and then they're going to use his likeness and his story so that the NFL can look progressive while making mm-hmm. money off of a band they blocked in the league for years. We know this game this is the game that white people play all the time and jay-z who is my favorite rapper is a sellout Mm. well that being said stanley i do want to just move things along to talk about again selling out we know takashi 69 he is a federal informant he sold out everybody including (laughs) cardi b jim jones people who have no affiliation with this man but in return to selling out it looks like he's going to have a reduced prison sentence and on top of that he has a $10 million deal with the same label that he was signed with before um, he went into prison. So uh, apparently the former label, which is 10K Records, they believe so much in this man. They believe that once he is out of jail, he can just sell records and just be some type of what well, iconic <laughs> figure in hip hop. Evan, what do you think? He, he's not going into protection anymore? What happened to that? I mean, it wasn't going to work. Everybody, like, he can't just work at Costco. Like, we're going to know it's Takashi 69. But I'm saying, like, I, I didn't. I thought he was going to try to actually. I thought it was actually offered to be in witness protection. This is this is the exact opposite of that. He's he's really going to be on blast. Oh, he turned that down. He said he would pay for his own security. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. that's that's what's going to happen. Okay. Um, it, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, he's infamous, and people will pay to deal with infamy to to see it. Um, infamy is profitable. It does not surprise me uh, that he that this happened. Can I say something about yes, this? Yes, go ahead, Stanley. Because I know I'm corny, and like, let's be very clear, I'm a square, but I grew up in East New York and Brownsville, and there were certain rules you live by, mm-hmm. and I have a deep respect for street code, mm-hmm. and it really bothers me of how much people just don't respect street code anymore, but they love street-ish, mm. and it really, really bothers me. And he's getting money. This is disgusting. And if I see if he if he actually got this deal and he puts music out and anybody who I hear listening to that music, I can't really bang with because this is nasty. Um, Brittany, uh, before we get to your thoughts, I just want to give a shout out to uh, BB Mendez, who left a comment on our Facebook live. She says, why do people keep giving 69 a platform? Brittany, let's back up. He's an informant. He is an informant. Um, When Pantaleo killed Eric Gardner, how much money did he get? An informant of the government. 
They protect their own and they make sure they have all the money that they need to live a comfortable life. So let's be really clear about this. Like he was never in the streets. (laughs) Um, He infiltrated, got information that he wanted. And we see he will serve a little bit of time and get paid for him serving his time, which is a part of his deal as well. That's how I look at it. No, I mean, I think that pretty much sums it up in a nutshell. I think yeah. it's sad. I don't know if it's this new generation, Gen Z, who is like, hey, he's real. or I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand people who can continue to support this man. I will say this before he was locked up. I did like his music, but I just I, I, the, what he has done and put in the lives of so many people in jeopardy that should not it shouldn't have went down like this. Yeah, it's not like he's uh, disclosing really relevant information to important crimes that like you know haven't been solved for a while or like people have been murdered that we like there's real justice needs to be served he's just selling anybody on the top of his head essentially to (laughs) to be able to reduce his sentence and he just turned on a dime from you know acting like he's untouchable we all saw those interviews he did with Charlemagne, and then all of a sudden being like like I said, turn on a diamond, being an informant, and just rattling off people's names. He didn't yeah. even spend 24 hours in lockup before he started snitching. Yeah. Exactly. Like, c- come on, man. Well, like Ebony K. Williams from State of the Culture, mm-hmm. what she said is, as a former defense at- attorney, Shout no, uh, right, she said, you know, she would advise some of, you know, her clients that if you're going to take a plea deal, uh, or if you are going to advise, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do it in private. So, I mean, I guess it's the system itself where it's like, why do we have a system where if you rat other people out, it's in exchange for the your own wrongdoing? Like, you know, yeah, somebody we, did something wrong. They should be held accountable. Right. Why do they get reduced sentencing? Right. Because they tell on other people that's, who haven't gotten caught. That's when we get to, like, talking about the whole system. Yes. The prison, that's something I think we should talk about. Because, you know, even though we don't like what happened to Kashi 69, he this is part of the system. So... Anyway, but I know we'll get to that later. People, speaking of people caught up in the system, I want to throw it to Joshua Brown. Yeah. Uh, we know that 10 days after testifying in the trial of Amber Geiger, he was shot, killed, shot in the mouth, shot in the head, I believe. I mean, that's, that's so, I mean, nah. uh, Brittany, you see the statement that the Dallas police put out. They're saying that he was involved in some type of drug deal gone wrong where people from Louisiana cross state lines to buy some weed from his home and that literally they pulled, they were like two or three deep and then Joshua came outside. Weed? Right. Came outside Just from weed? his home and was like, oh, something happened and then he shot or punched somebody and then they killed him. I mean, it sounded like something nah. on Power Empire, Brittany. What was your what was your response to this whole mess going down around Joshua Brown? And the smear campaign too. I, I mean, so... This is the history. This is the history. Out. I feel like I'm, I don't want to throw all the history out, but like li- literally, how how was Black Wall Street taken down? It started oh, bombed. Exactly. Um, black and brown people protecting ourselves, um, showing up for each other, holding, trying to hold the system accountable. Um, we know that we every time we do that, we're putting our lives on the line, right? Um, this this. I mean, we'll talk about a little, a little bit about prison abolition, but like, anytime we we're fighting this jail fight here, like every organizer who is putting their bodies on the line is at risk for the same thing to happen, mm-hmm. right? We're going against a eleven billion dollar plan, um, and so I just want to say, like, 
this can happen to anyone that literally says we we want this for black and brown people. We we actually should have money to thrive. We actually should have resources in our community. So this is a, a, a not a wake up call, but it's like ah uh, uh, a history a g- generationally. Absolutely. Why Martin yes. Luther King was assassinated. Mm. Mm-hmm. We've seen this play out time and time Absolutely. again, Stanley. <laughs> Were you at any way surprised or shocked when, you know, Joshua Brown was shot down and then the story the Dallas police put out? And now I just want to get to that smear campaign. So it was like the New York Post and other media outlets are talking about how he had an extensive criminal record. Stanley, mm-hmm. we've seen this before. Yeah, this is how they move. And it's not just Joshua Brown, rest in peace. It's also mm-hmm. the sister that, um, not his sister, but another, another black woman who went to the witness stand and spoke, and she lost her certification in her job. Quinky dink, right? And Joshua Brown was supposed to testify in a civil suit against Amber Geyer and, and the Houston Police Department. But th- this is literally what they do. This is textbook. Come on. They traveled five hours for some for some weed vape pens and, and $4,000, and they didn't take anything? They, they murdered him, and they didn't take anything? They shot him in the mouth and the chest over drug money, but didn't take any of the drugs or the money, we know what time it is. I'm just, I'm just surprised yeah. they didn't come up with a better lie. Usually they sprinkle crack on you. This is just, I mean, <laughs> like Dave Chappelle like, said. Someone, Evan, go ahead. Yeah, and the uh, the post actually just posted an article about on body cam the LAPD sprinkling, uh, planting drugs oh. <laughs> on somebody. Yeah, yeah. So it, 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 just, like... it just reminded me. Yeah, yeah. And and even though it's on video, somehow it was denied. Um, like you said, we we noticed there's always a smear campaign, mm-hmm. and it's like. It's amazing to me that that would change somebody's mind. Like the threshold for uh, a person of color's life is this, is that they have this rap sheet. Oh, it's okay. They resisted. Oh, it's okay. Like that's why it's Black Lives Matter because it clearly doesn't matter to a lot of people if all of a sudden someone's a rap sheet. Oh, so then this is justified. Oh, then this is okay. Like that doesn't that doesn't mean that, you know, the death penalty is in the streets. I just... It, like, it's always happened. It happens every time there's police brutality. Every time there is, find the worst picture, find, you know, the the one stain on the person's life and put on blast. You know, and I know we do have to go on a quick break, uh, but before we do, I just want to wrap things up on this segment oh, yeah. with a little lighthearted news. So we know mm-hmm. that Elizabeth Warren had an epic comeback at the Equality Town Hall that CNN do. Mm-hmm. She was asked about same-sex marriage. If a man or someone said, you know, I'm a traditional guy. My faith tells me I don't believe in same-sex marriage. And she said, well, tell that guy to marry one woman <laughs> if he can find one. Yeah, that was good. Oh. Yeah, it was. She she definitely dropped bars. So I just wanted that to give us... some good spice. I agree. Yeah, uh, she spiced it up. I, I just want to say, um, I don't know if you heard, but there was another woman shot in her own home in Texas. Fort Worth mm-hmm. police shot a woman. Atiana Coquis Jefferson died in in her own home at 2.30 a.m. She was shot through a window in her own home. I through believe a she window? Through a window. Because somebody reported that there was a break-in. Apparently her door was open. And she was shot through a window. So put that together. Piece that one together. No, it's I mean, also a different story out, though. They, uh, yeah. the, the police actually went in the house. Oh, uh, so they went in there because uh, the storehouse means they shot her through the window. I mean, there is no way this is good. Yeah. But 
when I heard like the door was open, she got shot through the window. I was like, how do you even announce yourself? It doesn't. I mean, so far, my efforts to end on a good note. But thank you for no, that. I, I Evan. Just, it got to go out there that Texas did this yeah. again. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on in Texas. But on that note, we have to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll speak more about what is going on in the prison system. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. I feel awkward for playing this song now, but you know. <laughs> we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHC, all the voice of Harlem. This is Stanley Fritz. I'm here, of course, with Selena Hill. We got Evan Mastronardi, Kingsbridge Poppy, the first Italian Dominican, but he's never been to DR. And of course, we Not have. Yet. We have Brittany Williams. When she speaks, she hit a power elevating the room. And of course, we have Mariah, the intern. She looks like she's sweet as sugar, and she is. Hey. (laughs) That sounds weird, doesn't it? It did. I mean that in a platonic way. Um, so before we went on break, BB Mendez, she left a comment. We were talking about um, what's going on in Texas. We know Joshua Brown was just shot and we heard some another breaking news story. Um, so she said this is still the South and we know retaliation is real. People are speaking up more than ever. And the examples of black and black and brown people being silenced is taking over social media. You can't go a day without seeing it. Thank you so much, BB, for chiming into the conversation. We're going to throw it to Stanley because we need to talk about JT she's home and if we even what's that correlation between that and prison abolition stanley (sighs) man listen jt's home that's all i'm thinking about right now i am very very happy about that the entire system is it's not broken it's working the way it should work and it was literally crafted to make sure that black and brown people were in jails or at least were giving free labor against their will since they couldn't do slavery anymore but let's give you guys some background so for those of you who don't know the city girls one of the most amazing hip-hop groups in the industry right now had a big halt to their like skyrocketing career so after blowing up when jay-z included their vocals in the in my feelings song jatavia aka jt of the city girls had to stop everything she was doing and go to prison why she had been arrested a couple of months earlier for fraud and she had been out on bail and finally decided that she was going to serve out her time in a prison and the way it was going to work, she got she got in around June 30th, 2018, and she wouldn't have been able to come out until March of 2020. She got out because of good behavior, and she put out this song called JT First Day Out. It's a song we played at the beginning of the show. If you're listening to the podcast, you're never going to hear it because we don't want SoundCloud or Spreaker or iTunes or iHeartRadio or, or anyone else to take our show down for stealing music, even though we're not stealing it, those people. And in that song, she talked about the time she spent in there, talked about how she was upset that people were claiming she got pregnant from a CEO, talked about pretty much growing up in this in this space that led her to this place that she is in now. And after being so inspired by JT's freedom and also that song and the stories that are similar to hers, we decided we want to have a conversation about the entire prison industrial complex. There are some people, especially most recently, who have been pushing for the complete abolition of all prisons. Why? Because we know it's a racist system. It does more harm than good. And if prison is about reform, it's not reforming anybody at all. It's breaking people. It's killing people. It's destroying families. And it's helping people become better criminals. But it's not actually dealing with harm, reforming the system, helping people get a fresh start. 
And then on the other side are people who think the prison system is not working, but there are ways you can fix the system without having to break the whole thing down. Because sure, maybe some people go to jail in prison because they don't deserve to, but I'm not really trying to be walking down the street with somebody who murdered someone last mm-hmm. week and then them being outside again. That's their point of view. So today, guys, we are going to argue about all those things and many more, and we hope you can join us in this conversation. So... Before we even get to those conversations, let's start off with JT. So, Selena, I want to throw this to you first because I know we had a heated conversation about this on the Thursday call. So, JT came out. Do you think that she deserved to spend time in prison for the crime she committed? That's a a loaded question, but I'll answer it like this. Um, I do believe, like like what I said last week, if I'm going to advocate for Amber Geiger going to jail, being held accountable. A lot of us were very upset that she only got 10 years in prison. And as someone who admittedly is more conservative and more moderate on this issue when it comes to prison reform and prison abolition, if I think that Amber Geiger should be held accountable in prison and Dylan Roof should also be in prison, it's hard for me to make an argument that someone else who commits a quote-unquote crime, whether it's white-collar, blue-collar, or whatever it is, should not be held accountable for their same actions. So that being said, I mean, I have to keep that same energy, Stanley. Evan? I don't don't believe just that sentences should be disproportionate based on crimes. I think actual prison Mm -hmm. should be disproportionate based on crimes. I don't think credit card fraud, especially like you and I have had conversations about, a lot of people, there's certain people who just do this for kicks. And there's certain people who it's like, you only have so many means. And we even talked about this with Cardi B. Like, what she did was horrible, but also where she came from. So, mm-hmm. no, I don't think she should have gone to prison. I, I think that certain crimes, like the ones you mentioned, absolutely deserve prison time. Mm-hmm. And I also believe, um, for example, like Sean King says, it's not that the criminal justice is broken. It's working exactly the way that it was supposed to. So I think that means that we have to dismantle the entire idea whether or not that means we don't have jails, I don't know about that. I think that the concept of jail should completely change to rehabilitation, and that's a longer conversation. But yes, I do believe that she should have been penalized, but I think it's a waste of money, and I don't think the punishment fits the crime for her to be in prison with so many people who have committed violent crimes. Britt, what's your thoughts on this? No one should be in jails or prison. We know that prisons and jails are tied to slavery. We know that um, free labor happens there. We know that most of the people that make up prisons and jails are black and brown people. Tell us what your community need, what you lack growing up. And how, how do we address that? How do we address that, right? Um, why no one would talk about people throw them in jails like accountability should not just happen in a punishment system what what does punishment what does accountability look like in our churches in our community centers in our schools Um, like there's so many ways to hold people accountable to address harm to get to the root of violence to get to the root of poverty What's she doing this because she needed to survive right no one asked those questions instead they say hey we're going to lock you up and cage you so, I, oh, go ahead, Evan. I was gonna say I definitely agree with that, but the thing that I want to figure out is like the the people that Selena mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Amber Geiger, Dylan Roof. How would they be if there's no prisons, right? How would they be punished for their actions? So here's the thing: when we're talking about harm, interpersonal violence, um, even if you look at an NYPD, yeah. Um, someone was like, oh, we don't want, well, you mentioned earlier, Stanley, that we don't want to have the murderers and the rapists and all the folks around us that mostly reformists, that's, that's their argument. 
NYPD only solves 30% of those crimes. The rest of the 70% are walking around with us. They are the people who are in the schools, um, you know, hiding, right? And so they don't actually address this issue. But what we do know is if we look at the history of prisons and, and, and jails, most people that come out are... You're throwing them in a system of violence. You're throwing them in a system of transphobic phobia. You're throwing them in a system that actually continues the history of, of people being harmed. Yeah. And so the, the, the question becomes around this, um, basically, um, how do you address these issues and alleviate harm? I mean, if someone says, I was harmed, I, would, I had... Um, I've been violence committed to me, violence committed to me. Yeah. Where is the space for both people to have a, a transformation or deal with the issue? It's not there. Well, that I agree with. Um, Brittany, it sounds like what you're saying. Well, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're saying that the cases we just talked about were extreme. Mm-hmm. Most of the people locked up are black and brown for nonviolent offenses. Mm-hmm. And that when we think of the mass scheme of things, this system is hurting our communities more so even like even in spite of the fact that we there's an emotional response like people want to see Amber Geiger punished right people want to see Dylan Roof punished and I, I guess that we just need to understand and the, the bigger picture here is who's really being punished in the system Stanley I know we have a call on the line yeah. I want to throw it to the caller yeah we have a special caller Alyssa Fuchs is on the line guys Alyssa let your voice be heard hey Alyssa, Alyssa, we, you know, so Alyssa, for those who don't know, she is uh, one of the correspondents here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. She's also a civil rights attorney. Alyssa, we want to get your thoughts on what do you think about the debate between prison reform versus prison abolition? Do you think all prisons should be abolished? Hey, so, you know, that's a good question, but I think the first thing that we need to focus on is if we want to abolish all prisons, then we have to reduce the amount of people that are in prison to begin with. And the way we do that is by addressing the issues in the community that actually causes people to go to prison. The majority of people who are in prison are not in there for violent crimes, which I think was already said. The majority of people who are in prison are for nonviolent crimes, many of them linked to poverty, drug abuse, mental health issues. Um, and so if we actually spend the money to deal with those issues, to deal with the issue of poverty, to deal with the issue of mental health, uh, to deal with the issue of drug abuse, then we will automatically reduce the amount of people that are in prison. Um, in addition to that, some even people that are in there for violent crimes, if you want to talk about gang violence, for example, many of that gang violence is also linked to poverty. People join gangs because they want protection, because they want to make money, because they don't have any means to support themselves otherwise. So then they get involved in violent crimes through a gang that they otherwise wouldn't be involved in if they had resources, if they had education. And so when we talk about prison reform, we can't just talk about getting rid of all prisons. Instead, what we have to focus on is how can we reduce the number of people that go to prison to begin with, whether we're talking about violent crimes or nonviolent crimes. And once we start to have that conversation, we realize that we can keep the majority of people out of prison by spending money in other ways to reduce poverty, to deal with mental health issues, and to reduce the amount of people doing drugs then we will realize that there is very a small, only a very small set of people that may actually need to be in prison, and then we can have a conversation about what we do with those people and whether they should be, get there, be there to begin with. Alyssa, thank you so much for that comment. If you also have a question, comment, or a curse word you want to share with us, no curse words, give us a call at 212-650-6903. Again, that's 212-650-6903. Brittany, I saw you nodding enthusiastically while Alyssa was speaking. Let me know what you were thinking. Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, I, I, don't, I do agree with what she is saying. I'm also saying we also need to address harm 
and violence and all these things at simultaneously. Because what we're seeing in New York City right now, when you literally are saying, um, the DOC is saying, well, you left us here with all the most the most violent people, mm-hmm. right? No, we need to also address that simultaneously because we know violence and interpersonal violence is, is, it has been impacting black and brown people generationally. It is a cycle of violence that's connected to slavery. So if we're going to address this, we also have to address this. We cannot, we cannot ask black and brown people the history of abolition when Harriet Tubman, they bought people's freedom. That was organizing work on the grounds, right? Getting people to freedom, right? And so when we literally say that's legislative work, how are we in our communities going to hold people accountable? That work has to work simultaneously. It's not yes and, I mean, or separated, right? And so we can reduce the number of populations like I was one of the people who helped create bail speedy trial and discovery when people literally told us in New York City that we need to accept the Caliph's law, which was a speedy trial ready rule. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we can address that. But that won't actually address the culture of violence that that is in jails. That won't actually address the fact that the city wants to right now in 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 New York City jails, the people who will serve. Uh, uh, um, who are serving a one-year sentence is 9.58% of those people Mm. out of 7,000 people. That is 760 people who are in city jails at any given time serving time. Mm. So when we say basically that we want to close prisons and jails, we can do this, and we also at the same time can address the violence, the harm, interpersonal violence, et cetera, to keep us safe. Got you. So, guys, we're going to go on a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to continue this conversation. Thank you, Alyssa, for calling in. Thank you, Brittany, for that great word right there. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Parliament. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill and, of course, Evan Machinardi and the immaculate Brittany Williams. Mariah is recording me on her camera because she's the littest of the littest lit interns, and she's always doing her job and taking a great flicks with the snapback fitted sitting on her head ever so gently. And we are here talking about the prison abolition and abolition debate. Selena, I know you got a comment for us on Facebook Live, and I got a caller. So let's get to your comment, and we'll get to the caller. Absolutely. So Wilson Williams Altidore left a comment. Forgive me for butchering your name. He left it on Facebook Live. He says prison is legal slavery. It is embedded in the laws of this country. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. It's definitely weaved into the fabric of this country, just like racism, white supremacy, and all the other isms here. Um, You know, I mean, that fits directly into the conversation we're having about, you know, prison abolition versus prison reform if this system is this egregious should we just dismantle it and if so what are the alternatives Brittany is saying calling for communities to step up and be accountable and and do the work that needs to be done when it comes to accountability and organizing um you know their question is so what do we do with the white supremacists and the killers and the people that shot joshua brown not everyone is is killing people because they have a drug issue Mm -hmm. or because they're from poverty some of these people are killing people because they're privileged because they're racist because they're sexist because they're entitled so i want to know what we do with those people i mean it's still never that just that simple either but before i get start getting on my bag we do have a caller keith on the line and i'm gonna give him a chance to let his voice be heard but keith let your voice be heard uh thank you first of all shout out to selena i saw her about a i don't know about a year or so ago at the apollo hosting uh 
for WHCR, and I thought she did a terrific job. Um, Thank you. My question, my question is, or something I've been confused about, there's been this push to close Rikers Island. And I'll just say on my part, I've been a little confused by that because I haven't felt like there's something in place that is superior to Rikers. In other words, you know, there's, I, I have no doubt that the, there's a level of cruelty that happens in the system, but if you take the same guards and you put them somewhere else, I don't see how that necessarily solves the problem. From my point of view, I think all they're going to do is close Rikers Island, open it up to some condominiums for like rich people or something where they have their own island, but all of the abuses that take place uh, on Rikers Island will just be spread out throughout the five boroughs because I have not heard a plan that is superior to what's already in place. I'm hoping to get your thoughts on that, and I'll listen to that off uh, offline. Thank you, and I'm going to throw it to Brittany, a member of No New Jails. Hey, y'all. No New Jails, we're closing records now. So here's the thing. There, this plan that the city is voting on, they're not voting to close Rikers Island. They're voting to build new jails. They're voting to build four new jails in the boroughs. They're also um, the mayor's office of criminal justice and de Blasio has also introduced um, three to six mental health jails and one or two um, women jails with nurseries in them. So this is what we're fighting for, fighting against in New York City. So when you literally say, hey, they're going to close records, if you actually look at the city's plan, there is nothing in there that actually says that Records Island would close down. That is one. So what we end up with in New York City is the same amount of cages, jails, capacity, as in when um, what, um, the war on drugs was at its peak. Mm. Um, we also see that, you know, like the city will require... Um, the entire jail population in New York City to be moved to Rikers Island when DHS um, declared, DHS, Department of Homeland Security, and U.S. Coast Guards um, extended the security zone from um, LaGuardia to uh, Rikers Island. And so this puts immigrant families, undocumented people, everyone that will be locked up on Rikers Island at risk. We know that ICE is expanding. So the questions become, if they built these borough-based jails with mixed mixed use, they're literally telling Mott Haven, which we know is one of the poorest communities in New York City, mm-hmm, yeah. in order for you to get a jail, um, in order for you to get a grocery store, it has to be in the same place as a jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. And they're saying, you want affordable housing? We'll put it on top of the jail. And they're using private money to do this. So all we're doing is making, at least my opinion, all we're doing is deep, deep ingraining private money into the prison systems even more. Any place where private money, I'm sorry about that, I'll let you go in a second, Bernie, any yeah. place that private money is being involved in prisons, there's all of a sudden now a need to keep those prisons at capacity. There have been judges who have gone to jail and prison for this because a private prison was in the county somewhere and all of a sudden they were giving kickbacks to judges to throw people in those jails and prisons mm-hmm. because if it's not at capacity, then they're not getting public money. In other places, if those jails and prisons are not at capacity, then the state has to pay back those, those private companies. This is not helpful. This is nothing but just a nasty level of capitalism. Um, Brittany, you had to say something too? Yeah, so we know that, you know, the big banks that just pulled out of private prisons, they're funding this plan, right? They're funding this. So I, I don't, I'm not hopeful. I'm really, 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 really scared. Like in five, ten years, when in two years, in 2021, entire city council will be gone. How will Rikers Island will close? There's no legal binding agreement. And so it, 
it's one, I mean, we don't need any more jails. If city council want to talk about conditions, most of those people who are in city council have been there for over 10 years. They didn't give it. They did not care. Then why are you caring now? Because there's money on the table. So here's my question for folks now, because you're saying you're, we're talking about New York City because right now that's the big fight for closing Rikers Island, which is a, a jail that a lot of people know about. Um, and it sounds like we want to get rid of this jail because jails and prisons don't work. But if they're not working, what should we do, Evan? You were talking about this a little bit. What do you think we should do? Like a it, hard, specific thing. In in place of like reforming or getting rid if, of prisons if, altogether? If like, yeah. Can we because, do that? Because I want to know exactly what it would look like if we... Because I don't personally know what it would look like if there was no prison. I know you're talking about communities holding each other accountable. And I think that's really important for certain types of offenses. But I still believe there has to be something that is rehabilitation-focused, but where there are certain people who just are a threat to society and they cannot be out there. And like you said, some of them are walking around, and that's also because the NYPD isn't prioritizing things correctly either. The NYPD has quotas. They focus on low-level crimes too. They are, I mean, crime and punishment, we were just talking about Edwin Raymond, details this greatly. But I I do think there should be, I think the idea of prison as we know it should be torn down yeah but the idea of taking someone out of public society and putting them in a place to rehabilitate that isn't just you know a small cell with barely any sunlight coming in with barely any activity Mm -hmm. you know i don't think that makes anybody do better and i think the current systems that are putting people in prison are terrible but i think the prison itself needs to be reformed so that it's rehabilitation focused and those type of people if they successfully rehabilitate, can go back to society. Selena? Um, you, you know, I, I kind of, I guess I would lean to more more towards what Evan is saying, uh, only because, again, I'm not as deeply ingrained in the issue, so forgive me, Brittany. Um, and I want to be educated. Like, I want to understand that perspective. I want to be open-minded to it. But I, I think that if we could rehabilitate people in a, another setting, like you said, they, no one should be in a cage. No one should nope. have lack of water and sunlight. That's that's cruelty. Heat. That's that that's punishment, and that's against our constitution. Like we're not yep. supposed to be doing that to people. We need to rehabilitate. You know, the point that Alyssa made up uh, in the beginning of the show was why aren't we working on the systematic issues that are causing people to succumb to these means? Mm. It's literally people are victims of their own environment, where you know they can't get a job, they don't have access to good education and they have to survive so what is that so a lot of them that means scamming selling drugs or whatever they have to do just to put food on the table mm-hmm. and those are issues that need to be addressed but for the rest of them i mean i i i don't it's hard for me to i feel internally conflicted yeah. to say that um some of these people just need to be rehabilitated can dylan roof a white supremacist who wanted to start a race war yeah. could he be rehabilitated mm-hmm. No, I don't. I don't well, think that happens to everybody. White, whiteness is inherently toxic, bad. Period. Uh, and I, I agree with you. I don't think rehabilitation actually is for everybody. I think there is a point where someone just cannot go back to society. I think Dylan Roof is a good example of that. Um, but again, that is an extreme case. And for the most part, uh, I do agree with what's been said with not throwing people in jail. 
uh, for low-level crimes and even certain violent crimes where they can be more held accountable and better rehabilitated by their own community. But I do think that really we need to really flesh out what that looks like. Because I think right. this can actually be a very legitimate policy. Like, you, I think that you said that legislation can get behind. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, were you finished, Evan? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> sorry about <laughs> that. All right, so folks, whenever we have a really good conversation, time flies by. And time has flown by today. I want to give folks just a really quick rapid fire sec- um, sec- second to answer the question um, of, like, can this system be reformed? Yes or no? Ten seconds, why or why not? Brittany? It cannot be reformed. Um, reform has gotten us here. Um, reform has, they've been reforming um, jails here f- since um, over a century. It cannot be reformed. Evan? It can't, it can't be reformed as, as it is, as we know it. But if we change the conception of what holding someone accountable out of society is, I think it might be possible if it's rehabilitation focused. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to keep this quick because I understand that incremental change and reform, like Brittany said, is something that we've been trying to work on and pass. And then you have a Congress or a president or or a, a, a Supreme Court who will overrule or, or dismantle all these little reform mechanisms that were just put in place. Like it's like the system itself that we have is is not working. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. Um I, I really it, it's hard for me to say what needs to be done when we have laws on the book who will put somebody in prison for jumping a turnstile or, you know, put somebody in prison for missing um, a jury, 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 duty. jury duty. Like it's the laws. A it's the legislation. Bag. Yeah. It's like these laws are putting people in prisons, in cages for the most minuscule right. things. So it's literally the whole system itself. And I mean, I'm not advocating for us to all riot and, and try to overtake the government, but I understand the sentiment behind it. I'll yeah, just say that. Dismantle the system. Right. First. Yeah. So, yeah, this system can't be reformed. I think Brittany is a thousand percent right. This is what reform looks like in this system. At they, the reform looks like maybe they'll open some new facilities so you can put more black and brown people in there and maybe you won't put as many men there because now we know this, so you'll put more women in there, which is why women are the highest-growing group that are going into jails and prisons by over 70%. And why? Because they're domestic violence survivors and they're addicted to drugs or they're sex workers. The system cannot be reformed. We have to be really honest about what we're facing over here. And what we're really facing is white supremacy manifesting itself in just another way. And the way that it's manifesting itself in this piece is through the prison industrial complex. JT shouldn't have gone to prison, but JT shouldn't have had to live in an experience where she had kids and can only make $15 an hour to take care of her family, forcing her to go and do that thing. Just like my friend Eric shouldn't have got arrested and stuck in records for two years for smoking some weed. This is prison is not about reforming. It's not about saving. It's not about helping. We have to destroy this entire thing and build something from scratch. I don't know what that looks like right now, but I do know that this, this ain't working. And I know if it was a whole bunch of white people buried under prisons, we would lift heaven and earth to change everything. Just like we're changing all of our drug laws now because Becky can't stop doing heroin. But with that yep. being said, guys, we got to get out of here. This has been another action-packed episode of Let Your Voice Be Heard. You can find us wherever you find your podcast. And if you want to support us with your dollars, we appreciate that too. Shout out to us on patreon.com slash beheardradio. We'll see you next week.